Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. As we break off into together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, of course, it takes a paradigm shift in our minds to start really looking at our marriages and relationships in ways that the the world doesn't. Because the world tells you, listen, when it gets difficult, just go somewhere else. There's love to be found other places. Or, hey, I know I got problems at home, but that doesn't bother me at work. That Both those things are customs of this world and behaviors that this world keeps reproducing. But how's it working for him? I mean, just like the woman at the well, Jesus met 2,000 years ago, who had been married five times and living with the sixth guy. How is it working for her? Working the same today, right here. It doesn't work. People, you can keep marrying, getting divorced, marrying, getting divorced. Your life will be miserable, and you'll have all kinds of collateral damage all around you, and you're never going to find happiness provided by a person. Marriage doesn't bring happiness. Marriage brings work. It's fantastic being married to your best friend, but you're not going to get satisfaction. You're not going to find eternal satisfaction in marriage. That only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why we talk about marriage and relationship issues on Tuesdays. You know, Martha, I I grabbed this verse from Colossians 3, 18 and 19. Wives, submit to your husbands. Okay, we're done. Yeah, no. Right. Read the that, rest of the verse. That's mirrors. the way a lot of sermons started off when I was a kid. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, but, but I never ever heard the second part of this. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Now, Ephesians goes on to say, 
Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And if you're going to love your wives like Christ loved the church, that's some pretty stinking incredible love. And if and if all the men out there listening today would love their wives like Christ loved the church, there isn't a single marriage problem that can't be fixed. Because ladies would love to have their men treat them that way. You know, Martha, one of the things as we head into this week post-Valentine's Day, and we talk about fighting, you know, how can we fight appropriately in, in marriage? A lot of people grew up in households where fighting wasn't, well, they didn't know how to fight, or fighting was violent, uh, or fighting was just ignored. I mean, it was, a lot of us grew up in households that were one direction or the other. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those topics where you don't, you're not raised saying, now this is the right way to do it. This is the wrong way to do it. I think we learn in this area, especially by example. And so I think that... I think my parents use the do as I say, not as I do thing. So here's okay. what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Don't do this. Do it better. So maybe that's... Well, that, I, I was going to my generational thoughts of, of uh, yesterday's show. But the um, yeah, that could be the traditionalist way of dealing with it. So a lot of it could be generational too. But needless to say, in our relationships, there are right ways to do things. Now, it doesn't mean we all... It's like the only way, but there's a better way. And so that's a lot of what we're going to talk about. In there's like a show. song about that, isn't there? There's a, it's not Jesus isn't the, he's the better way. There's a song. I'm thinking If not, you're going to write one. No, right? I'm not writing a song. <laughs> All right. But as we talk about fighting, today the topic will be, and, and maybe you've got, you, you got a call and you got a testimony of, of something that maybe you or your husband have, uh, well, husbands or wives you're listening today, and you've got a testimony of how you've learned to work through conflict in your marriage. Love to hear from you. But, you know, before we get off of that, just asking for people this week, if you're listening live today, if you're listening live to the show today, we're asking for you to pray for us. This is the week we head off with uh, 17 couples on our marriage retreat cruise this Thursday. For those 17 couples' marriage, that it will never be the same again because of the work that they do on it this weekend. And we're hoping next year that it's not just 17 couples, but maybe 70 couples or something like that, that we're, that we're really working towards an impact. You're listening to Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we discuss marriage and relationship issues as it relates to our workplace. And we're talking about conflict a couple of weeks ago, we started this series. We're, we're talking about, Martha, what's this from, this book? It is from a book by Dr. Kim Kimberling, and it's called The Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage. And we are officially on Secret 4.5 out of 7. We're, we're making that up. Okay, it was Secret 4, but we, we laid it up a couple of weeks ago, and we're following up with it. Some real practical ways to deal with conflict in your marriage. But all of the things we're talking about today really apply in your workplace. Because here's the deal. Anytime there's two different people in a room, there's going to be conflict eventually. I mean, I know that seems kind of sad, but seriously, there's going to be conflict. Yeah, and, we can't be like-minded at all times without somehow having to, ex feeling the need to express our differences. <laughs> I mean, even you and I have an argument now and then. Oh, yeah. But most of the time it's me, just for well, the no, record. it is a two-way argument. <laughs> it is. Well, I can argue with myself. That's In poor. fact, that's, that's actually a pretty big talent. If you can argue with yourself, do you win? I mean, really, if you, can you defeat yourself in an argument? That's, that's, that's a conversation for people who listen to old rock and roll. They could think about that forever. <laughs> 
All right, so we're talking about conflict and how to resolve conflict and how to work through conflict. Maybe we should just recap some of the things we talked about a couple weeks ago. I think we should. So what, you want me to do it? Well, yeah, I think you should start us off. Ace thinks we should call the mental war because of the, the, the mental gyrations I just went through on that one. <laughs> well, um, so the actual secret that we're talking about in chapter four of this book, or secret number four, is fight, right? Fight. Is, yeah. So, so one of the things um, that... Because we... you're going to fight in a marriage. Yes. And, and you're going to fight if you're in a room with another person, eventually. This is true. This is very true. So there were some things that some really great things that we talked about. We talked about um, how we're raised and how fighting happened in our own homes, because a lot of times, like we said, we learn from example and we either say we're never going to do that or we just learn to be just like that. And either way, more than likely, there's ways we can improve what we've learned. And um, fighting the good fight was one of the topics. And just the fact that um, it is very difficult to um, think fairly when you're in the midst of fighting because emotion gets in the way. Emotion does absolutely get in the way. And then the next one, really forgiveness is one of those pieces that we're going to talk about that in the marriage cruise, but it's one of those biggest pieces. Listen, if you're calling yourself a Christ follower, you've got no option on whether you're going to forgive or not. It doesn't mean you're going to forget things, but you know, as husbands and wives, we're not supposed to be recording machines and uh, what's we're uh, it's like the the court reporter when they the judge says well, could you read back those comments and they go back and they can read back everything that was said that is not our role as husbands and wives or uh, along with our workplace uh, our workers in the workplace coworkers when it's, we forgive somebody well especially when you've worked it out and you've worked through whatever that conflict was you don't keep bringing it up and you don't keep score and you don't. Um, keep saying, well, remember that time and how awful that was or whatever. If you've worked through it or you've come and you've forgiven each other, you need to, to, to grow from that, not just keep going back into that ugly place. This, that's one of those things that, you know, I could soapbox on because I, I get so sick and tired. And it's something I struggle with, too. Let me just be very honest that I struggle with this. There are people who have offended me who... I struggle with bitterness towards, but I have to work on a daily basis, sometimes hourly basis, sometimes minute by minute, forgiving them. And because a lot of times I've initiated the thing that caused us to have an issue in the first place. But the bottom line is, as Christ forgave all of our sins, he paid the price for us. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, we've been forgiven and we are called and it is demanded of us to forgive. And, I mean, not an especially, everywhere. We're supposed to forgive. People that have wronged us, we're supposed to forgive. Yes. So that was another point that we had tucked in. The next one was um, choosing your words wisely. And I love this because <laughs> one of the points under this, and again, this is going back to the book, um, Seven Secrets to, to an, an Awesome, awesome marriage. marriage. And it said, By Dr. Kim is Kimberling. what you're saying helping to build the marriage you want? Wow, that's a simple question, but so powerful. Because so if we'd like people to make a poster and put this on the refrigerator, mm. what was it? And so when you're in the heat of the argument, you can read this. Is this helping to build the marriage you want? <laughs> Most of us, when emotions are running high and we're spouting off about the things that we really feel like need to be said, most of the time, the answer to that question would be no. So, what was that question again? Is that helping to build the marriage you want? And mm. the verse that went with that was James 3, and it says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. <laughs> and that's scripture. 
ask God to help you speak words of love and life in your marriage and your relationships, especially with your spouse. And when you when you realize that's James writing mm-hmm. to the church, James was a, the half brother of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus, and, and and so Jesus had to deal with people that couldn't tame their tongue. I mean, taming the tongue. I don't know how many of you out there have said something stupid. <laughs> I think all of us have. Don't raise your hand if you're driving. Well, you could raise one hand. You know, but, and we all can fall into that trap. But I think that don't use a verse like this as a crutch because it can be really easy to say, well, see, the tongue can't be tamed. Okay, we need to attempt to do the best we can to use our tongue in a proper conversation and not use it as an evil deadly poison like it can be. Well, and honestly, it doesn't take a tongue because sometimes I've sent flamogram emails when I'm angry. Well, but it's the it's the Well, I kept thinking, okay, well I could chop my, I could chop tongue. my tongue off. Okay, well that didn't solve the problem. I could still be stupid with my fingers. Sure, we can all communicate. A different frontal ways. lobotomy would fix it. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I don't think that's the it's not the point the point is to submit to the work of the holy spirit in your life and allow him to restore these pieces and these are so important because if we're going to you know not only is this helping to build the marriage you want is this helping to build the relationships in the workplace that you want because so many of us have conflict with people that we work around and that's because we spend just as much time with them as we do our families i mean some people have worked in offices for for years and so you find out the idiosyncrasies of the people you work around and sometimes those idiosyncrasies drive you nuts Yes, and so figuring out whether you can overcome those things, if they're really going to drive a wedge between you and your coworker or you and your spouse, or if you're going to figure out a way to uh, learn to cope with it or even address it, if it's something that needs to be addressed, but in a way that's not going to wreck the relationship, but can make it stronger. Well, and, and the final point in this in this leading up to our conversation for today is choosing your battles. Choosing your battles. I mean, I, I mean, how many of us have gotten arguments with people about stupid stuff? Now, I have this idiosyncrasy where I just, I got, I call it the Cliff Clavin syndrome, where I just always got to be right. I, I mean, I, I'm, I like to, I read a lot. I study a lot. I like the news a lot. I, I, I'm details and facts are in my head all the time. Completely useless pieces of information are constantly flowing through my brain. And when somebody says something and I correct them because I just know the true facts most of the time, but I'm very quick to just correct them instead of going, is it really important that I correct them? Uh, that, that I'm going to work on. I think in 2016, that's something I've, I've worked on in 2016. Okay. I've worked on that. Cool. I'm, at this point in time, I haven't worked on it enough. <laughs> well, you know, but it is one of those things in every relationship you say, you know, I need to pick, is this really that big of a deal? Now, that doesn't mean you're sweeping things under the rug and stuff like that. But if your coworker always takes the paper clips off and throws them, you know, somewhere where they're not organized and neat and it affects your workspace, are you going to let that drive you nuts or are you going to figure out a way to, to deal with it? Like the studio that we're in. Every day, there's different chairs in front of the microphone. I don't know what the deal is. People just can't leave chair their chairs gr- alone. There's chair gremlins. There are chairs. <laughs> I don't know. I think people play musical chairs in here every day. Maybe. The, and I don't know what it is, but, you know, that's just one of those things. But it, it doesn't bother me. And now that I know that Bill Bunkley has a secret stash of chocolate in one of the file cabinets. <laughs> Sorry, case Bill. So in case Bill's listening up there in Tallahassee right now. Hey, Bill, found the chocolate. Sorry that you're too far away. You can't fight me off. 
But I love you, Bill. Thank you very much. Bill Bunkley follows us right here on Tampa Bay's Faith Talk AM 570 and 910 every day from 4 to 6. And he calls in from Tallahassee right now during this, the session going on up there where all those people up there could learn a little this learning to fight strategy. <laughs> wow. If they would just learn to put the needs of the people first. If we could start that in Washington and get down to all the states, then down to the municipalities, counties, municipalities, that would be great. If people who are elected to office would look out for the people that elected them. Okay, so I want to take that tangent just for a minute because I think it's really important because most people would think, well, of course, that's why they're in office is for the people. Okay, but we all lose, we all get distracted from the purpose in different at different times in our life. So the purpose of being married was not to fight and to bring up all these things and have all these battles and say the wrong thing at the wrong time and hurt each other's feelings. But we get we get distracted and we get off of focus and off a target. And so that's what this is all about is really finding out what's really important in our relationship and focus on that and figure out what things we can set aside and let go of. Why do we fight? If we've all got nothing, we've got so much to live for. Christ has done so so many incredible things in our lives. We've got so much to live for. Why do we fight about stupid things? Honestly, Martha, if you look at all the arguments we've had in almost 30 years, we've, we've known each other 30, oh, this year, 34 years, we've known each other. We've been married almost 30 years. When you look at all the fights we have, how many of them have been stupid fights about things that are of absolutely zero significance? Oh, I would say for sure the majority. Well, is it like 80%, you think? 85? I'm guessing it's maybe even higher than that. Are you wanting me to fight with you about this? Is that <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just said that these kind of details don't really matter. <laughs> they don't really matter, but I, I just was drawing no, I, a brain I, point. I Most of us the argue majority. about stupid stuff. Sure. And of course, if it's after nine o'clock... It's almost always stupid. You know, Martha's, how does one achieve happiness in their marriage when there's conflict? We've got the simple solution. In fact, you got, you have tattoos with the simple solution. Oh. We've got tattoos. Yeah, yes, we do. What, what, what are these? For the marriage so, cruise we're talking about, we've got tattoos for the marriage. Oh, we're giving it away. That's okay. If anybody's listening, don't tell anybody going on the cruise. Yeah, because it's, well, one of the things that we have learned over the years, actually, we first heard about this symbolism from that great movie called Marriage Retreat, which absolutely we hugely endorse. We love it. But um, it's a funny belief Christian movie. But basically the bottom line is, is that you draw an isosceles triangle, right? Is that where it's skinny on the bottom and goes up towards one point? I'll trust you. Okay. Well, it's not equilateral, so, so yeah, it's got to be isosceles. If, we, if the husband is on one corner and the wife is on the other corner and we're both growing closer to God, who is at the tip of the triangle— Ultimately, we're growing closer to each other as well. So the symbolism of a triangle is very powerful because if we're both focusing on a closer relationship with the Lord, we end up closer to each other. So that is your little secret to happiness. Happiness. Yes. Well, and that's it. I mean, it's really just, it's, I don't know, we, maybe you just learned it from our parents, but just stop focusing on, we can't fix our spouse, but we can fix ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't, but God can. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. One of the attributes of God, I've been studying this year, I'm reading through the Psalms this first quarter, and I'm studying daily a different attribute of God. And and this is one, this is not going to, it's not a shocking one, but sanctifier. God's a sanctifier. Well, that's this whole restoration process that we're all going through as Christ followers. We're, we're all becoming a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, but it's a process of sanctification and, and sanctifying and 
I don't know. That's a big word, isn't it? It is a big word. I didn't mean to bring out big words. That's okay. I'm not trying to give you. Because you're explaining. But we're getting cleaned. We're getting cleaned out. And God doesn't fight all the battles at one time. But as we deal with conflict, I mean, honestly, the way we deal with conflict today versus the way we did with it when we first started walking with the Lord, we do it, deal with it differently. But there's still one of the things that I think is the greatest thing for me is I start to recognize when I'm getting frustrated, which is going to lead towards just stupid anger. But And we used to try that with our daughter, but she didn't always listen, our youngest daughter. I was like, you're frustrating me. Don't, don't frustrate me. You're frustrating me. No, no, no. You're getting frustrated. Well, so as we as we finish recapping what we talked about before, one of the new steps that we are going to highlight from the book um, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage" by Dr. By Kim, Kim Kimberling, yep, um, is taking a time out, and so that is one of the things <laughs> that I think it can be a very valuable tool when you're in the fighting process. But the last thing that we we just need to recap is that having a new fight strategy means praying to the Lord and saying. What are we going to do? How are we going to better strategize so that when we're in the midst of a fight, we we get somewhere and we we solve the problem and we resolve some conflict and we make it for a better marriage and a better relationship because we have gone through this. Well, and that new fight strategy, pray that God will help guide you through the process. I mean, if you could stop in the middle of a conflict and pray— that absolutely will transform your marriage. And really, if you could stop any stupid conflict in a workplace and just pray, because if you could just stop, period, even if you didn't pray, if you just stop for a second, 30 seconds, a lot of times you can get emotion out of it and start actually talking about how why feelings were hurt, that kind of thing, but just to pray. And then agree, each person in the argument agreed to take responsibility for their own um their own responsibility in the argument. Hey, I'd like to thank Mary Jane from Holiday for calling in and winning the book, Happiness by Randy Alcorn. We'll get that out to you very shortly. But thanks so much, Mary Jane, for listening to I Work For Him. We're grateful to have you as a listener. Mm, that's awesome. So then the third step in finding a new fight strategy is to discuss the possible solutions. You know, actually say, okay, how can we resolve this? What is a better approach? And actually have that conversation in a conversation and not an argument. And then agreeing on evaluating it later and going, how are we doing with this? <laughs> okay. Coming back to it and saying... As, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, how do you do this when you're in the middle of... It, it, we're talking a, a disagreement. We're not talking about a heated argument. Because in a heated argument, you can't do these things in a heated argument. It's too right. much emotion involved. Well, no. And so that's why they're saying develop a new strategy now before you have an argument. And then you can say, you know what, we're going to... okay." I am responsible for this part of this problem. You're right, but it's it's a maturity thing too and saying, you know, I'm going to take some responsibility here. I did this wrong and how are we going to fix it? How are we going to make it better? And then, hey, let's talk about this in a couple of weeks again. Did we, are we doing better? Well, and I think that's part of these things that we're trying to implement in our discussion. Uh, when we're having a conflict, some things we need to do. So we got this new fight strategy, which really the biggest thing is if you could just stop for a second and pray and take responsibility for what you've done, that takes it like 90% of the way there. Yeah, you hardly need to even sometimes touch the other steps, especially if you know that it was something silly and it didn't need to be even argued about. But then, and then lastly is to celebrate when you've successfully conquered something or come to an agreement and you're doing better at it and you're getting um you're on the same page whatever that page might be that you celebrate that and say you know what we're doing we're better at this now this is good 
Well, we often hear couples that say that they have learned to work through that, but this takes work. This is work, mm-hmm. but it takes work in a workplace too. I mean, there's conflict in a workplace. And a lot of times people just avoid the conflict and allow the awkwardness to grow. That old pink, not the pink elephant, the white elephant in the room, just whatever color it is. Yeah. It's just an just elephant an in the elephant. room. Conflict is healthy. Without conflict, well, nothing would ever get accomplished because people would just be happy doing with what they're doing. But conflict, that tension, causes us to find the best in each other. It, it causes us to work through difficult things. Conflict is can be very good, but most of us don't know how to do anything with it. All right, you've tuned in to I Work For Him Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we're digging through Fighting. How do you fight in our marriages, in our workplace? How do we resolve conflict in a healthy way? And we've gone through, reviewed some things today. We've got some, well, we've got some real pointers here today. But you got to take these to heart. And, and again, these aren't for everybody. Some will fit you, some will not. I mean, the best thing we can tell you in our own marriage is we just figured out what worked for us, and then we still screw that up. <laughs> Isn't that true? You're kind of quiet today. That's okay. I have a deep voice today. <laughs> you got your sexy radio voice on today. Hey, which is something, if you're willing to pray for us, sure would love for you to pray for Martha's health that you just, as we uh, head off on the marriage cruise this Thursday through Monday, uh, we've got all these couples that we plan on investing in, and Martha's just, she's sounding a little like, I don't know, Cher. You sound like Cher. Maybe you could sing like her. That would be fun. All right, so here's the deal. The first, I, I did, Sorry. Uh, it's, I, I, Ace is calling me out because I said that Martha had her sexy radio voice on. I just said it twice. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this, we're talking about marriage. It's okay. So, All right. So timeout, marital timeouts. So How what, does this what work? What do you think that would happen if I told you to take a timeout? Or that maybe, okay, that's the whole thing. It's not me telling you to take a timeout. It's saying we need to take a timeout. If we're in the middle of a conflict, that would not be very nice. That would be like being a mom and that's not the... The point in the relationship. I probably would stomp my feet and go to the corner. There anyway. you go. So you'd be like the the little three year old whose mom told you to take a time out. But what this point is, and I think it's a good one, and I think it's something that we implement. We just don't call it this. Is that that you say? You know, sometimes when we're emotional, I just need some time. I need to calm down. I need to think. I need to really process this. I can't talk right now. I like to just keep talking, and you need Beat to. It. To not, death. You just no, like to beat it to no, death. No, that's your perspective of well, what I'm doing. Well, that's what it doing. feels like. But I'm just trying to get more details because that's what women do. Yeah, they want more details. I understand, so, but I just, need a, I just need a minute air break. So that's what this is saying. Take a timeout, and whoever calls the timeout then is in charge of trying to solve the problem. You're not to take a timeout and go wash the car unless during that time you're trying to figure out how to solve the problem. This isn't avoidance. This is calm down, take a break. And then let's really try to solve this in a mature way. Well, and a mature Christ-centered way. Let's just let's just pers- put perspective on it. We've all been forgiven everything. We've all been given an eternal perspective forever. Okay, and, and <laughs> an eternal perspective forever. forever. That's right. That's good. So we've got everything to gain. We've got no right to hold a grudge and and to hold, and to keep ourselves in conflict. And and when we're in conflict, we almost almost always you both need to say, "I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you," because it almost always applies. So this is saying though, this is to help us stop a destructive pattern that's happening. So say, okay, you know what? We need to take a timeout. This is not, you know, back to that original question on the 
early on when we were recapping. Is this something that's helping to build the marriage that I want? No. So let's stop this destructive pattern, take time to regroup, and then come back and focus on what our purpose really is. All right. So marital timeouts. Now, in the workplace, I think this works as well because a lot of times you could just sit down and honestly, people... You can work through conflict in your workplace. Now, you can don't. And if you've got a problem, let's just say that that uh, Peggy is sitting next to Susie and Peggy and Susie are having a conflict and Peggy is sick and tired of Susie because they can't work anything out. So Peggy goes to the boss and said, hey, we got a problem. You got to take care of Susie. And, and if if the boss is a Christ follower, I'd say, you know what, Peggy, work it out yourself. Now, you got to try. You got to try. Don't go to the boss and get the boss in the middle of a conflict. Work it out. I mean, we're all mature adults. If you're in a workplace, you're mature enough to work through a conflict. But I mean, how often? I, I mean, every workplace has conflicts. Sure, because there's people involved. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so every church has conflicts because yep. there's people involved. As our famous pastor Charlie said, there's no such thing as a perfect church. Because there's people involved. Or did he say there is a perfect church and then people come inside the building? You know, it's only a building that's perfect. We get the point, though, is that once people are involved, it's, you know, there's no ability for it to be perfect because we are all sinners saved by grace. All right. So timeout, marital timeout. And if you're going to call the timeout, you got to be working on a solution. But it needs to be an honest timeout. Just shut up. Be quiet. Oh, now I said shut up and sexy on the air today. All right. This is Christian Talk Radio. But, you know, I believe that God wants us to just be quiet. He can talk to us if we would just listen. So the next point is something that we talk about all the time in our marriage mentoring. And it's the fact that um, we do a lot of talking, a lot of connecting when we're dating. But once we get married, all of a sudden we think like that's just going to happen naturally. We don't we're not intentional. And couples need to intentionally work on spending time together once they're married. So this is it's preempting fighting by connecting, spend time together, and then you will have less conflict because you actually are in each other's world. If you're just ships passing in the night and you're not spending time together, conflict arises because you're just not you're not on the same page. You're not in the same world. You're not living life together. I think there's a song about ships passing in the night, too. There are a lot of songs. There are. You know, I used to have a song for everything, and then I got teased all the time, like, you have a song for everything. So I quit doing that. Well, if you could think of that song, Ships Passing in the Night. All right, but the the preemptive thing, it is, I just want you to sit back and listen. Just, Just eliminate all the other distractions. Let's just make this, what we're trying to say, clear. Husbands and wives, you are going to have conflict. But if you would just set aside time every day to talk about whatever the issues may be. Maybe it's not even about issues, just to connect, just to have a conversation. Gentlemen, shut the TV off, walk away from the TV, put, ladies, put your Facebook phone down, just set them aside. Now, I know both men can be stuck on Facebook, women can be watching TV, but, you know, that stereotypes fit 80% of the time. And, And just schedule it. Hey, we just need to talk. So important. In the workplace, same thing. You know, Here's I tell people all the time. Listen, if you you want to avoid conflict in a workplace, go out to lunch with people. Befriend as part of the I Work for Him Nation Challenge. Befriend the people in your workplace. Why? Because that's how you avoid conflict. It's how you work through conflict. You try to find out. You want to find out why Betty Sue is cranky all the time. Well, maybe you find out that Betty Sue's getting beat at home by her husband, or maybe Betty Sue's got a son that's dying and nobody knows because nobody takes any time to get to know Betty Sue. Poor Betty Sue. So connecting doesn't mean it has to be a big 
drawn out a fair either. It can just be taking two minutes and standing by their desk and really Really finding out how they're doing. Right. Really finding out what matters to them. Yeah, don't Not, just say, how you doing? And then walk away. Yeah. I, I could never say that. How like you doing? That. <laughs> well, and we don't want drawn out affairs at work anyway. Period. No, I don't, didn't. But you no, said, I'm I just know. making it clear. But we're taking, we're we're trying to con- connect with people. Yeah. And it takes time. Mm-hmm. And if you would connect, if there's people listening today that are running their businesses. You need to let your people, you need to facilitate the people in your workplace to connect. Because if you do, your people will be more productive because they'll be more of a team. And the best thing that a business owner in a small business can do is to bring, get those employees out of the workplace and do something social together so people get to know each other. Because when they get to know each other outside of the office, it makes a difference inside the office. Yep. So those are, that's just really a good point. I think people get it. We want connection you feel like you know somebody better you're going to care more about what goes on in their world all right so timeouts and preemptive fighting by connecting preempt your fighting by connecting right all right let's talk about things that you just don't have to fight over i mean and and it's these are things that just are conversations that you just need to resolve it and and have a permanent answer it doesn't need to be re dealt with all the time like for instance how much money can I spend without asking you how much money can I spend? That's one thing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to keep fighting about it. You know, honey, it, it's just you're constantly spending $100 here, $100 there. But you'd come back and say, well, we agreed that I could spend $100 without asking your permission. We just have to agree on that. But we, I mean, you and I don't do that kind of thing. But 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 marriage, some people just need to know, hey, what is my acceptable spending limit? And a lot of people preempt this. By having something set aside in their budget every month that is just spending money that people don't have to ask permission on how to spend their spending money. Right. So, you know, just finding that um, the sweet spots, the things that it's like, you know what, we we're going to come to an agreement on this and then there's not going to be arguments over it. So like uh, how do you sort the clothes or before you do laundry or who does what house work? And the assigned duties or whose job is it to, to do the car washes and the oil chain, whatever it may be, whatever causes conflict, just talk through it and come to a solution and agree on it and move on. Yep. I mean, we've had to do that in a few things. I mean, uh, we'll list one. What do we, can you think of one? You can't think of one. No, I was ready to move on to the next thing. Fine. Martha's ready well, we to move on. We didn't agree to that. We didn't agree to that. Okay, move on. Oh, We're telling, so telling you to move wow, on. Wow, listen to you. You're slapping your papers down. Moving on. <laughs> That's the kind of I stuff learned we, that from Rush Limbaugh. Hey, Jim. That's the kind of stuff we agreed to not fight over. So, We're not fighting. No, just, We're having was, fun on the radio. I was radio. being funny. All right. It's really bad when you have to explain that you're being funny. It's not very it is. funny. Okay, so here's another great one because another secret in this whole deal with fighting is having the wrong in, and the right influences <laughs> in your life. So, Because so often we surround ourselves with the wrong influences. Well, it can very well be the case. If people are not intentional, it's a lot easier to have the wrong influences. Well, I mean, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you naturally attract the wrong influences. You have to really be intentional to surround yourself with the right influences. So if your priority is to strengthen your marriage and to do things in a more God-honoring way, you need to surround yourselves with other people that are of that same like mind, that they want to improve their marriage and grow in a godly way. So what's really been cool over the the retreats that we've done for marriages is seeing the 
the friendships that have evolved. And I, I believe this is the common denominator. It's other couples coming together that saying, you know what, my marriage matters. And I want to be in an environment where I'm being held accountable to that, to a standard, a high standard in my marriage. And that's why church attendance for Christ followers is so important. You need to find like-minded people. I mean, church attendance is not one of those required things in order to get to heaven. No. Being involved in the body of Christ surrounds you the people who are struggling in their faith, who are still struggling with their mm-hmm. sin nature, but you can find people that are in the same stage of life and struggle together. I mean, and it's, but it's being intentional about that. It's work to find relationships. And, you know, just like our, our biggest struggle has been, we're in our late forties. Our kids are grown and gone. Most of our friends who are in our late forties still got kids at home. And, and so it's been tough to find people in the same stage of life that are fighting for the same things. But yet we're, I think God's providing some of those people in our lives. Yeah. So, I mean, just assessing who your peers are, where you're getting your influence, where you're spending your time, those are all things that help you to and your marriage. So you want to determine what that um, influence is going to be. If you're watching TV shows that break down the marriage and and bash the Ooh. husband or the wife, stop it. Yeah, the TV thing. Because there's a lot of filter junk that just makes you think marriage is horrible. Filter, filter your TV time. Filter, filter. Here's a four-syllable word that causes more conflict than anything else because it overrides all categories. This four-syllable word, expectation. For crying out loud, how can you possibly have expectations for people that you don't tell them? I mean, you you hold people... It's easy to have them. It's easy to have unset expectations. (laughs) But it's It's easy easy for them to get disappointed worse, I mean, causing the conflict because they didn't know about the expectation. All right. Expectations cause so, I mean, it's, I mean, how many times in early on in a marriage do we, was that a conflict point? I mean, it was definitely a conflict point because we, we naturally, we think we know what our spouses are thinking and we think we know what's going on, but really we don't know nothing. After 30 years, we now know we don't know what our spouse is thinking, but expectations cause so much conflict because we think that they know what we're thinking, that we expect them to do, yet we haven't told them. And and so it causes conflict because we're disappointed because they didn't meet our expectations that we didn't communicate. You feel better now? No, we ran out of time. Expectations. Oh, my goodness. But I think people relate. And in the in the workplace, this is just something you need to really go out of your way to tell people what your expectations are. Absolutely. Especially if you're a manager. People can't perform at the level you want them to perform at if they don't know what it is. Another fast-moving show here at I Work Rim. If you're just, uh, well, well, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews. He did a great job today, really, and, and smiles, and he got me laughing several times with some texts that he sent to me, so it's good. Hey, thanks to our show sponsors, both ministries and businesses that keep this show on the air. We're looking for more to partner with us, but we like to thank them. And go out to iworkforhim.com, find out who they are, and do business with them. What did you learn today on how you can impact your workplace and reduce conflict? What did you learn? You know, we learned today that conflict, all of it, is resolvable as long as you got two parties willing to work on it. 
And if we could go into our workplaces and demonstrate a desire to work through conflict, it would be amazing. It's just amazing the change that would happen. It's so important that we recognize that people don't want to be arguing all the time. People really want to get along. But a lot of the people we work alongside, they don't know how to work through conflict. They've never been taught about it. And the same thing for our friends and us who are married. If you didn't have a great example at home on how to work through conflict, you need to work through this. Some of the ideas we gave you today are ways to work through conflict in a healthy manner. But here's the deal. You can work through it. You've got a responsibility to forgive those who've offended you. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.